Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into this episode, uh, Jen and I are going to do an honest talk about alcohol. Um, This is a really, really, really critical topic that rarely gets airtime, um, but we feel is important for you to think about and give you a framework to think about and audit your life, why it's important, and things that you can do to start making progress towards your ideal self. I hope it's useful. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wenzel, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovely and talented Jen Justice. Hello. Hello, Jen. In this episode, we're going to be talking um, about alcohol. Mm. The name of this uh, episode is An Honest Discussion About Risks Versus Benefits of Alcohol. Um, And in this first section, I want to talk about the benefits of alcohol. Mm. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure there are many. (laughs) But I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, there are benefits of alcohol, otherwise we wouldn't consume it. Mm -hmm. So the real question is, what is the benefit? Mm -hmm. Um, And before someone jumps through the airwaves into this microphone and punches me in the face about benefits of alcohol, like, 99% of the time that you consume alcohol, it is being consumed with with an intention. Mm And for most people, that intention is some form of winding down, landing the plane, I call it. Mm -hmm. Um, Very few people drink or consume alcohol for no reason at all. Right. Then we're getting more into the addiction realm. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. When you, you, um, yeah, that's a different discussion. but two years ago, I made a video in uh, this office, just me and a camera, and just feeling compelled to share about how most people are underestimating the impact of alcohol. And I've made hundreds of videos. And that one I took about an hour to plan, uh, and I just did it. It's far and away, by orders of magnitude, um, I don't know if popular is the right word, but it's been consumed. I mean, it was really kind of remarkable. I don't. As you know, we don't promote any of our stuff. We just put it out in the world, and if people like it, they like it. Mm -hmm. Um, We hope they like it. We hope it's useful. Um, But the amount of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments um, that this is a topic that really needs and deserves a little more time, and it it surprised me as I was going through our bank of content. We hadn't actually formally created any content for this show Mm. or a formal blog post around um, my thoughts <clears throat> our thoughts about alcohol and how it fits into one's health journey. So that's why we're doing this episode. Um, so I, th- I think this will resonate with a lot of people. Um, and, and this is not going to be us telling folks to stop drinking. Um, instead, I really hope that at the end of this, folks would have a framework with which to think about how does alcohol fit or not fit into their health journey. Um, so why don't we first talk about, um, 
why is alcohol such a challenge? Um, I mean, are there are there things about it that make it a unique challenge in our in our current state of things? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's normalized um, to 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 have a drink with dinner, to have a drink at a barbecue, or even celebrated right at weddings or breakfast <laughs> maybe breakfast <laughs> brunch cocktails <laughs> right um you know uh, I, I recently went on vacation and uh there was a, a lot of alcohol consumed by a lot of people around me but not you well i did um yes something about cabo yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um but you know the point being when you're on vacation and you let loose a little bit alcohol's there and it mm-hmm. it's also legal um you know mm-hmm. one of the the few kind of drugs if you will that that is these days um and it's really a go-to dr- drug for feelings so you can drink when you're happy you can drink when you're mm-hmm. sad you can drink when you're bored you know similar to eating a lot of people soothe their um insecurities or feelings that they're not comfortable with with food mm-hmm. same goes for alcohol you know a lot of people do consume it for that reason yeah i think uh you know people are trying to as- achieve a certain state mm-hmm. or a certain feeling when they consume alcohol right. and it may be different f- states and different feelings but the north star from most people who drink most of the time is i'm in a less ideal state currently mm-hmm. and through the consumption of alcohol i aim to achieve a more ideal state yep and it's quite effective, actually. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, people wouldn't drink. Right. It would, this would not be a discussion. And the science behind it, this is not a biochemistry lecture, so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time uh, on this. But it, it does warrant just a little bit of attention. The reason alcohol is so effective at changing one's state is that it is a um, it has direct impact in the brain on two pathways, one called the dopaminergic pathway Mm -hmm. and the other one called the GABA pathway. And the GABA pathway tends to slow us down. uh, And the dopamine pathway, as I've referred to it, is kind of the the pleasure center of the brain. It is actually, um, you know, I call it the sex and chocolate. It's, Mm -hmm. It's all of the things that create joy and warm, fuzzy feelings in us tend to stimulate the dopamine pathway. And alcohol is uniquely effective at uh, stimulating both of those areas of the brain. In the next section, we want to talk about, okay, great. So we've identified kind of like the benefit of drinking, which is that it changes one's state to from a less ideal to a more ideal state. But unless you don't drink at all, or you maybe have one or two drinks a year, which effectively means you don't drink. Most people are grossly underestimating the impact alcohol is having Mm -hmm. on their health journey. Mm -hmm. Because while it's great at affecting and changing one's state in a very quick period of time, it comes at a ridiculously underappreciated cost. Mm -hmm. And that's what this section is going to be about is like, what is the cost? There are actually zero health benefits outside of the perceived change of state from less to perceived more ideal, that's even debatable. Um, And really any attempt to explain to a human that a behavior like alcohol consumption actually has some redeeming value, even if there's 
incremental uh, improvement in health that studies can show, that's like, <laughs> you just can't tell a human that alcohol is healthy and expect them to, to, to actually apply that mm -hmm. because we, we, are, we are a very, very intelligent species, but we also follow the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. and, and we tend to lump either all good or all bad. And so unless you tell me it's all bad, it must be good. Mm -hmm. And if you tell me it's even a little bit good, I'm going to go all in on that. Um, and so <clears throat> you, you may be referencing like the misnomer that, well, red wine right. has antioxidant benefits or yeah, I mean, it'll I guess help you live longer. It, to me, and maybe I'm not qualified to talk about this, but this is just my point of view. Mm -hmm. it's, it's similar to saying if I had a dollar and 25 cents and you gave me five cents, I would now have a dollar and 30 cents. That's more money. Mm -hmm. And more money is better than less money in general. But a dollar thirty versus a dollar twenty five feels like the same number. Mm -hmm. And if you're telling me that extra five cents comes at a tremendous cost, is it really a benefit at all? How, can you really actually ethically say it has benefit? And so for me, the benefit of alcohol is a change of one's state, mm -hmm. emotional uh state but it comes at a high cost and 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 this is really about what those costs are and to me there's there are three major areas that it affects uh, one is our nutrition one is the liver one is the brain uh, i have spent countless amounts of hours creating content around my thesis around nutrition mm -hmm. what i will say about alcohol is that alcohol bears with it potential energy known as calories, just like all other nutritional sources, protein, fats, and carbs also have potential energy in the form of calories. But the body is uniquely formed to convert those calories from protein, fats, and carbs into actual usable forms of energy. Uh, we're omnivores, which means we can eat anything. Uh, you know, In the right environment, we can get what we need out of whatever we put in our mouth. But then alcohol comes along and we have this empty calorie phenomena which means in English, we don't have a pathway to take these calories that come attached to alcohol and actually convert them to usable energy. And all things that don't have a pathway to be metabolized get kicked off as a toxin and diverted. And this is where it gets interesting. Although empty calories certainly create some challenge with our health journey, specifically around weight, metabolic disease, what I think people need to hear is what you're about to talk about, which is when those calories get diverted off, they go kicked off to the liver to be processed as a toxin. Talk oh, to yeah. us about what happens at the liver. Well, at the level of the liver, and we see this a lot, um, and I always go back to relatable stories in our podcasts with our members, right? Because Are we going back to Cabo? No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, that, you know, when, when I meet with a member, or I'm sure when you meet with a member and they're doing everything right, supposedly, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm tracking my calories or macros. I'm working out three, four times a week. I'm, you know, uh, doing everything right. Sleeping eight hours, all that. Um, I always ask them about alcohol and it's always underestimated. <laughs> Um, and we see it in the blood work when it comes back. So mm -hmm. at the level of the liver, as you as you mentioned, um, it actually blocks a lot of the cholesterol mechanisms that we have on our body. And we've done lots of um, content around cholesterol. It's necessary for life. We have to have it. 
But what happens is it blocks cholesterol reuptake, the metabolism that our body does of cholesterol, and our triglyceride metabolism. And we mm -hmm. see that in the labs. We'll see elevated triglycerides. We'll see elevated liver enzymes. So, again, the, the liver's main, um, one of the liver's main um, jobs is to filter out all the toxins and if it recognizes alcohol as a toxin, we're going to stop doing all of the things. It will stop doing all of the things. Yeah. And so while the calorie is an interesting conversation and it's usually the one everybody lands on and then the discussion stops there, that's really only the surface mm -hmm. of, of the deal. The real damage done by alcohol in our health journey takes place at the level of the mm -hmm. liver. And frankly, long after mm -hmm. we have experience the benefit of the mood or emotional state change we are still paying for the alcohol yeah the liver is just overwhelmed mm -hmm. until it's completely caught up and it's processed um the next area is um the brain you know alcohol it, it doesn't just only hit the dopamine and the gaba pathway it also uh, will hit several other areas. And, and this is where, you know, uh, we, we get some of the classic symptoms of, of alcohol intoxication. The cerebral cortex, which is our front, is, is, is where we make executive decision making. This is where, like, why did you do that? I don't know. I was drinking and I wasn't thinking. Mm -hmm. The reason we use phrases like that is that we lose our ability to actually make great grown-up decisions mm -hmm. to override kind of just instinct and responsing, re responsiveness. Um, so cerebral cortex is inhibited. Your cerebellum, which is your balance center, this is why we stumble. Mm -hmm. um, this is why the police officers on the side of the highway are having people do um, balance-based testing to see if that's inhibited. Uh, and then the hypothalamus, this is our performance center. So like running wind sprints or being a great lover usually don't <laughs> happen when you've consumed too much alcohol because our performance center really is blunted. Mm -hmm. But going back to the dopamine pathway, and we've alluded to this, every human behavior that elicits a dopamine response puts it on the table for potential dependence. Mm -hmm. Because our brain is pleasure pain mm -hmm. you know stay alive avoid pain then pursue pleasure but on a really basic level that's where our brain is going um and so the brain is very good at saying hey go back to that thing that made me feel good uh and it, we notice in people's lives that the things that they struggle with are things that they've kind of always struggled with mm -hmm. there's not a lot of new things mm -hmm. like and and i term them like the drugs of choice yeah. You know, sometimes it's food, sometimes it's alcohol, sometimes it's pornography, sometimes it's shopping, sometimes it's, you know, whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. Like, you go right back into that thing that your brain is like, hey, just go there because we know that'll work. Yeah. But that'll work means give me the dopamine hit that I want. Mm -hmm. And so now there are good addictions that are non-toxic, like working out, endorphins, um, closing a great deal at work convincing a woman to say yes and, and marry you like th there are there are things that dopamine is a gift mm -hmm. but it can be when overly stimulated a gateway into addiction mm -hmm. and so this is why alcohol tends to be very very addictive because it's wildly effective at mm. the dopamine pathway yeah um i think it's important also while we're talking about addiction to in our practice we differentiate between misuse slash abuse mm -hmm. where you're using something inappropriately 
which many, many people who consume too much alcohol um, misuse or abuse it. Mm -hmm. That is unique and different than addiction. Um, and and uh, we're not going to dig deep into those differences, but just to make that distinction. Um, but anything that triggers the dopamine pathway, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're at risk for dependency. Yeah. Um, what about sleep? Tell me about sleep. Negatively affects my sleep. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, we've done the podcast on sleep where I yeah. talk about being a champion sleeper. Yeah. Love my sleep. But you have one kryptonite. That's it. Yeah. Uh, anytime I have like just a drink at dinner or some, you know, overindulge a little bit, heart rate goes up, my aura ring triggers a really negative sleep score, like in the seventies, which is uncanny for me. Yeah. You're, you're always in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just be wary of that, that, you know, if we do dig into sleep or talk about sleep, um, alcohol, if alcohol. you're not a good sleeper and you consume alcohol, alcohol's at play. That's Which it. is really kind of counterintuitive mm-hmm. because for me personally, it makes me tired. It makes me sure. sleepy. It's that wind down effect. Yes. But then totally negatively affects. This is the seductive. The relaxation and the deep yeah. sleep that my aura ring will pick up. Right? It helps you slide <laughs> into sleep mm-hmm. very effectively. Which is why it's seductive. Yeah. But once you, the mechanisms and the physiology of falling asleep are different than staying asleep. Yeah. It happens to be very, very disruptive in the maintaining of sleep. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, so so alcohol at night, certainly within two hours before bed, there's no way you're not having your sleep impacted by that. Mm-hmm. And so this is just throwing things out there that might be useful. Um, in this last section, we want to give some action steps and takeaways. Uh, and this framework about thinking about alcohol, you know, um, Unbiased, just I'm not saying whether it's good or bad or right or wrong. You need to decide that for yourself. But here's some here's a framework um, to think about. And one of the things that I stole from one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan, um, and I love it because it's it's a great recentering before you're about to have a heavy talk or a heavy thought. And that is all progress begins with telling the truth. Mm, I love that. And it really um, it's convicting even to my own self um like we can lie to the world and we can lie to people around us but we really don't do anybody any good when we lie to Mm ourselves. and so when you're in a state to be honest with yourself let's let's have this discussion about alcohol uh and and how it's impacting your health journey and 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 please be reminded that making a decision or deciding not to make a decision is making a decision yeah and so th- this is something that is impacting your health journey, uh, whether you choose to make any active decision on it or not. Uh, it is there. Um, and um, what would you, before we give the action steps, I mean, m- maybe w- what, what would Jen's takeaway from this be? What would be your hope? Mm, I think just helping people really be mindful, like make it more s- center front in your mind um yeah i think it's it's one of the pillars that's kind of lost in traditional primary care um or life maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we have to go more macro um that but if if your goal it depends on your goal you know if if your goal is fat loss if your goal is better sleep if, if your goal is just overall improving your health then you really have to take an audit of your alcohol consumption 
that has to be part of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you just said, being brutally honest with that. Um, Dr. Hooper, who you've had on the on the podcast before, I know, you know, in in his office, he has shot glasses. He has the actual measurement of alcohol, and he asks his patients, how much do you think you're putting in a drink? And knowingly that they're going to underestimate that. Mm-hmm. And when they tell him the truth and it's over that and then knowing it could be more than that, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, you know, we, we really have to dig into how much you're actually consuming, why you're consuming that, mm-hmm. what state are you trying to achieve? And why aren't you in there? And why aren't you in there? Mm-hmm. And can we help you get there without this toxin that's affecting your liver, your sleep, your mental state, possibly your marriage, possibly your work relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And I think my hopes are very, very similar to yours. I I just, I would, I would like people to not feel judged. Yeah. um, But also be encouraged to not overlook this, Mm -hmm. that there, there is something here to be thought of. And this deserves some thoughtfulness Mm -hmm. um, and an honest assessment. Uh, and, and I hope this, this helps folks take those steps to, to honestly assess. And I think the, the basic four steps would be, again, the first two are really about this whole, like, all progress begins with telling the truth. Be honest about your consumption and your frequency mm-hmm. and to yourself. Yeah. You don't have to say this to anybody else. Just with you, how much are you consuming um, both in volume and in frequency? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing... Th- uh, Number two is to be honest about your health goals. Like, are, are there goals on the horizon that you would like to achieve in your ideal self that you don't realize now? Mm-hmm. Uh, then I would audit for friction. So step number three is based on those honest assessment of consumption and what your goals are, are there any, any friction points, mm-hmm. either instinctively or curiosity-wise, or something that maybe was provoked in this talk, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's better sleep, maybe it's you know, better better mood, maybe you know, am I masking a real problem? Mm-hmm. You know, something else is is this an avoidance? Is this a numbing, an escapism mm-hmm. kind of thing? And dig into those uh, friction points going into step number four, which is then either make changes or set new goals based on these friction points that lead you towards an achievable goal that maps you towards your ideal self. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about goal setting. We've talked a lot about the gap in the game. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot about, you know, the, using our future ideal self as just the horizon. You're never going to arrive, but you should always pursue it and become closer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I just think, I think they need to be your goals. I think they mm-hmm. need to be, um, things that are important to you because at the end of the day you you are the one in control yeah and and if you go through an honest assessment and an audit and you're fine with your alcohol consumption as it pertains to your overall health journey god bless yeah yeah carry on but i think it deserves an honest assessment just like other critical areas of your life mm-hmm. deserve honest assessments. Um, and we should never lose the ability to have an honest talk with ourselves about things that are very, very important. Yeah. Like, do I have this or does it have me? Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah. Well, Jen, once again, 
You're amazing. Oh, you are. Thanks for putting this talk together. Well, it's podcast, um, I, I think podcast. I think it's really important. Yeah, we get asked about it a lot, and, so and much. just the fact that your video a couple years ago still gets a lot of attention. I mean, every week I get yeah. a handful of new comments and it engagement from important. total strangers about the the content, and we'll link to that video in, in the show notes. If you, there's a lot more science. It's way more technical. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little more heady mm-hmm. and, and a little more coachy and motivational, maybe. Um, but but there's a lot here. Yeah. And so I, I hope this is useful, and I, I hope it provides some framework to, to do some thinking. Me too. All right. We'll see you next time. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.